Good afternoon, prospect listeners. I'm back. <laughs> Fuck you, Johnny. <laughs> I'm back. Here's my list. We'll go down piece by piece. Get your feelings. I haven't really been thinking about the NBA. I haven't really been thinking about prospect. I wasn't enthused with the NBA Finals. Okay, congratulations, Denver. They deserved it. The Joker. I love them. But here's my list. Let's talk free agency. NBA Summer. What are, what's the big free agency stories that are circulating now that no one has anything to talk about at all of these different basketball outlets? So I think there's you've got to break it down into two categories. Free agency is kind of light this year. Uh, there's no huge big ticket get out there. There's some older guys, you know. The I, obviously my in my, our, my backyard, uh, the Chris Paul story has garnered a lot of attention. Does do the Suns wave Chris Paul? Do they wave him and then re-sign him for the minimum? Do they trade him? Do they wave and stretch him, which would open up some salary cap space? Uh, I think that is probably the most talked about item, but uh, Draymond Green is another big domino. Does he stay with Golden State or does he sign somewhere else? There's a lot of uh, whispers about Draymond Green ending up with the Lakers. And I mean, if you've listened to Draymond Green talk over the last two years, he's like basically sending out public love letters to LeBron James. It's felt a little weird. And I always felt like there was a, a method to this. And that was ending up playing in LA with the Lakers if he's not brought back to Golden State. Uh, there's the Fred Fan Fleets of the world. Like I said, this, this year's free agency crop doesn't isn't gangbusters it's a lot of good players who are going to get incredibly grossly overpaid because the teams with cap space have to sign somebody to me the interesting subplots are the trade market i mean we've started hearing whispers about potentially zion williamson being traded story broke yesterday about bradley beal potentially being on the market uh the the toronto raptors are a team to look at pascal siakam is allegedly available again circle back with the suns do they hold on to my guy deandre ayton or do they move him i think that's where the real fireworks are going to come from this offseason yeah i mean the zion thing do you do you buy into this whole porn star thing is maybe have the, the new new orleans brass thinking uh maybe we get this kid out of town here he's causing a ruckus <laughs> you know it hasn't can't been. even have fun anymore <laughs> hasn't been you the best pr day, you make no. 170 million you can't, have, you can't have fun no no i mean god Jesus. listen thank god there was no twitter or instagram back in the days of charles barkley and michael Jordan, because if there was, I mean, there'd be there'd be Twitterazzi and and uh, all social media people camped out in front of the Ritz Carlton when Charles Barkley was holed up with Madonna. You know, I, I think Zion's a young kid acting like a young kid. He's not breaking the law. He is. Damn, if, they just need they need something. They need something to talk can't. about. I, I think if you're an NBA guy, I mean, you got to be just completely terrified. Yes, oh, to, to go into the DMs. You can't know. do it. Yes, never. For all NBA players, I have a message for you. Never, ever 
slide into the DMs on Instagram with girls you don't know because it is going to end up broadcast to the world. So learn a lesson, fellas. No DMing on Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> so I, I saw one story of which I thought was a little bizarre and I texted you right away. Harden to the Suns. That is a rumor. And I will say this. I have sources when it comes to James Harden. I am uh, a version of Shams Sharamia and Woj when it comes to James Harden. I know people inside the camp. And the Suns, without question, are on James Harden's list. I would put them a notch below uh, the Houston Rockets and staying with Philadelphia, but there's no doubt James Harden has an interest in joining the Suns. I, obviously James Harden's a great player. I don't know how I feel about it. I think the Suns should have learned a lesson this year, which is they're so top heavy, they really need to fill out their team a la the Denver Nuggets versus just trying to stack three stars together and fill out the rest of their roster with minimum contracts. But there is some hair on that rumor. James Harden's definitely interested in being on the Suns. And I guess the only way that would work, because the Suns have absolutely no cap space, is a sign-in trade that would, I would assume, involve Chris Paul because, uh, you know, the other, uh, I guess, player outside of Booker and Durant with some real value is, is my guy DA. But... I don't anticipate the Philadelphia 76ers um, trading James Harden to get someone who would be paid $33 million to back up Joel Embiid. It just doesn't make sense. So I'm not ruling it out, as they say in the business. It's definitely out there, but I still feel like odds are higher that he ends up either staying with Philly or re-signing with his team where he reached his greatest heights, the Houston Rockets. Yeah, I don't, you know, if you start to really dig into NBA Twitter and all these podcasts, obviously you had the Brooklyn Durant, Harden, Kyrie fiasco, if you want to call it. Where where do you think someone like Durant, he wants to play with Harden again? Obviously, they played together in Oklahoma City. There's always been these rumblings like, do these guys get along? Do they not get along? I mean, shit, they're both making a boatload of money. It'd kind of be like, who cares? I don't know. Will you tell me? Uh, I, I can tell you, I know this for a fact, that Harden and Durant are very close friends. And... I do think there was some frustration without question at the end in Brooklyn, but from what I've heard, the frustration really was focused on Kyrie Irving, his inability to stay in the lineup, you know, missing half a season because he refused to get a COVID shot and then the anti-Semitic suspension. So uh, the ending, it ended really badly in Brooklyn with all three of those guys, but from my understanding, Harden and Durant remained very close, uh, and Kyrie was kind of the bomb that blew up that whole situation. Now, them being close and Durant wanting to play with Harden again, I don't know the answer there, but I can say I, I can say with 100% certainty that the relationship between Durant and Harden is very, very close. That's good. That's good. I like to hear that. Um, moving on here, NBA draft. Coming up, what next Thursday? Correct, correct. Thursday. So, all intents and purposes, 
you see our guy Wemby. He's going to go to the Spurs, number one. And his life forever changed. Been tracking a little bit of his, I would say, playoff basketball over Mm -hmm. in France. I saw him lose a playoff game, only put up 17 points. I don't know if that's neither here nor there in terms of his development. But starting Thursday, he sort of starts his ascent into the NBA. What does it look like for him in terms of the summer after the draft? Give me a sense of what happens after that draft. Does he go right to San Antonio and start working out? Does he start doing a promo tour? What, what does he do? So after the draft, uh, my obviously, I, I would assume he's here in the States and in the green room on draft night. The night after the draft, it usually works out where uh, the drafted players, in this case, Wemby, will then fly immediately to San Antonio to have the press conference with the organization. And then about a week later, Wemby and the rest of the younger Spurs players, uh, you know, Spurs are loaded with young guys in their first, second, third years. They will all get together for a rookie camp in San Antonio before the Las Vegas Summer League. So that's when we'll get our first look at Wemby in a Spurs uniform. The the Vegas Summer League, I would guess that Wemby, um, I, I Every rookie plays in the Vegas Summer League, so Wemby will be playing for the Spurs this summer. Vegas will be an absolute shit show because of all the people that want to watch Wemby in person for the first time. I also was told or read that the Spurs have brought aboard Tim Duncan to basically help uh, Wimby learn and and become a pro and become, I mean, you can't ask for a better role model or mentor entering the NBA than Tim Duncan, who's got four trophies and um, will go down as one of probably the five best centers in the history of basketball. So everything's lining up for Wimby to have the absolutely best opportunity to maximize his potential. Yeah, Tim Duncan, I mean, consummate professional. You can't get a better even-keeled guy. Popovich is Popovich. Right. Arguably one of the best coaches ever in the game. What a, if you can make a prediction right now for Wemby's, for lack of a better word, points, rebounds, assists in his rookie year, put him in the context of in the last five years, who's had the best rookie season and can someone like Wemby per. Uh, match that. Okay. Give me a, give me an example of someone in the last few years that's just had an incredible rookie season that would be the the bar. Well, there's a couple of them. I think the the highest bar to meet would probably be Luka Doncic. I mean, he came into the league as a rookie and averaged what twenty seven a game. Uh, you know, close to double figures in assists. The guy just set the league on fire. I think. I think he is what you're shooting for. He, he came in and immediately was one of the, what, 10, 15 best players in basketball. I think that's best case scenario for Wemby. But there are other players like Ja Morant who came in and did the same thing. Ja was, people forget, Ja was the number two pick. Zion was number one. And Zion proceeded to miss a large chunk of his rookie season because of injuries. You know, foreshadowing of what his career was going to look like. But in the last five years, I would put Luka one. Jaw two, 
as kind of the rookie season you would hope and dream for Wemby. I don't know if he reaches those Luka numbers because I do feel like he's going to be brought along a little slower by the uh, the Spurs organization, Greg Popovich. Um, I think they're going to be a little more protective of him. I would, my personal guess for Wemby is somewhere between 17 and 20 points a game. Close to double figures in rebounds. Could be among the league leaders in shot blocking. Uh, uh, borderline all-star. And I do think the Spurs are going to shock people this year. I mean, they had obviously had one of the, I think the second worst record in basketball this past season. That's how they ended up with that pick. But I expect the Spurs team, because of Wemby's presence, to make a pretty drastic jump and be battling for one of the play-in spots. I think, I think, Wimby is going to change the entire organization. However, you know, what is he, 18 years old now? And he's really thin for a big guy. So he's probably going to get banged up, banged around a little bit by some of the bigger guys in the league. And, you know, we need to wait for his body to develop. I still, I saw this morning in the last 20 years, uh, Wimby has the second lowest odds behind Kevin Durant coming into the league to win rookie of the year. So obviously the expectations are Wimby's going to come in, not skip a beat end up rookie of the year and turn around an entire organization. It's hard to put statistical numbers on that. But like I said, I'm guessing in the neighborhood of 20 points, 10 rebounds and among the league leaders in block shots as a as a 19 year old rookie. So breaking news today, what has been the reaction across the NBA media scape around the 25 games suspension? You know, in uh, how many NBA games are there each year now? 82. There's 82. Right. So 25 games. That's a, a, a good chunk there. But what has been the reaction? Obviously, a second sort of incident or a third incident, if you want to count the, the laser scope uh, right. on, on the Indiana Pacers, <laughs> the red dot. Um what has been the reaction, though, from, you know, Twitter and the, the people you follow in the in the NBA? There's been two different reactions. The first one, because a lot of people, myself included, thought Ja was possibly looking at as much as half a season being suspended. I'd even heard rumors that he could miss the entire year due to suspension. So when the 25 games news dropped, I think there was a sense of kind of slight relief that Jaws' entire season hadn't been wiped out. So for the most part, the reaction's been a little muted. Like, you know, hey, could have been a lot worse. This is a real chance for him to kind of rebound and still have a productive season. However, the reaction from the NBA Players Association has been much harsher. They are making claims that Jaws been singled out and this is way too harsh a punishment. So my guess is the NBA Players Association is now going to appeal this to try to whittle the suspension down even more, maybe somewhere around 15, 20 games. So from the majority of the public, I think everybody's reaction is okay. You know, it's more than a slap on the, on the wrist, but it's not a it's not a Latrell Sprewell or run our test type of suspension. It's uh, Ja can still come back and have a really good 2023-2024 season. But the Players Association and their legal team is going to attack this and try to chip some games off of that number. And what has been the sense overall? Have you read or heard sort of what's Ja's summer going to look like? Um, 
does he again go and seek i don't know where he went the first time obviously the message didn't happen there right but um what what are you hearing his summer looks like or what are you hearing that the organization is doing to manage this particular situation. So Jada, a lot of idle time in the summer, a lot of idle time. If you're not going to be focused and work out, you don't got to travel. You don't have any commitments. You, you have time and money on your hands. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that's that's when guys get into trouble. They've got three, four months without being in the team's organization structure. They have enormous bank accounts and lots of friends that want to hit the Vegases and South Beaches of the world and party their asses off. So my my guess is, I know Ja released a statement this morning after the suspension was announced, apologizing to the fans and, and promising to be better and all that other stuff that we heard the first time around. Um, my expectation is Ja again, uh, I, what this means, I have no idea. Obviously, it didn't stick the first time, but he's claiming to, uh, you know, be working on improving himself through. Uh, I don't remember if the word was therapy or rehabilitation or whatever, but it's a lot of the same stuff other than, you know, he's it's like when you get caught doing the same thing over and over again. It, well, this time I really mean it. It's kind of one of those things. And so I would expect Ja to, to do something in the. Uh, rehab's not the right term because he's not, uh, as far as we know, a drug addict or an alcoholic, but some sort of outpatient therapy to work on whatever it is that's causing him to make these horrendous decisions over and over and over. Well, I read that Skip Bayless is trying to get Little Wayne to, yes, to speak I read to that him, too. but that didn't, he, John didn't want to pick up the phone. Yeah. It's funny, I mean, Skip Bayless, I'm, I'm not. I won't go down that road. Um, I don't. I don't That's even understand. Like Skip Bayless and Little Wayne are friends. Okay, I get it. Um, well, listen. Thank you, Greek, for all the insight. We'll be happy back. to be here. I think we'll be back probably next Friday with a draft special, just to see, you know, where where this all lands with Wemby, and where. You know, some other prospects. Um, I, I think they're saying Scoot Henderson, number two. Is that what they're still picking? Or, or? So it's interesting. Scoot, I think most people agree, is the second best prospect. However, the Charlotte Hornets have the number two pick, and they already have a player similar to, similar to Scoot with LaMelo Ball. So uh, there's rumblings that Scoot could end up going number three, and that's why... That number three pick with Portland has become such a big ticket item that teams are trying to trade for. I know uh, just a few minutes ago, Sham Sharamia was saying that New Orleans is really, really after Scoot Henderson trying to pry that third pick away from the Portland Trailblazers. And we'd heard the Zion Williamson rumors, but according to Shams, um, the Portland Trailblazers are not interested in Zion. They're asking for Brandon Ingram back for that third pick. So... That third pick, it's almost like in an NFL draft where there's a quarterback on the board and there's a feeding frenzy of teams trying to trade up for that pick. If Scoot doesn't go number two to Charlotte, I could foresee a bidding war starting at that number three pick because everybody loves Scoot, myself included. So it's going to be after the Wemby pick on Thursday night. I think the draft is going to be a wild ride for the first for the next hour or two. 
So if if Scoop doesn't go too, who are they saying will move up and, and go to? Uh, it- Either Brandon Miller, the kid from uh, Alabama who had his own issues off the court last year, you know, providing the gun that was used in a homicide to a, a former teammate. A very talented kid, though. And then the real riser in the draft right now is one of the uh, Thompson twins, the Amen Thompson, who, when you watch his video, is. He's one of those prospects that just blows, you know, jumps off the screen. He's got everything. I mean, elite, elite athleticism for a guy his size. And he's very skilled. So one of those two guys, if, again, the Charlotte Hornets decide to pass on Scoot because of his similar uh, player profile to LaMelo Ball, it'll most likely be Brandon Miller. But like I said, Eamon Thompson is racing up the draft boards right now. That's interesting. And what are you hearing, if we're talking draft just a little bit here, what is the sense you get? Can can the Blazers get anyone else to sort of help D, D. Lillard? That is, I think, why this pick is has kind of got a for sale sign on it. They have a big decision to make. Do they trade that third pick for a proven player that can help Dame win now? Or do they say... Hell with it. Scoot Henderson's sitting there. This kid can be the future of our organization. Draft him and then put Dame Lillard on the trade block. It's a really, it's a fascinating pivot to see what Portland's going to do. And we'll know a lot more by who goes number three and if Portland keeps that pick. If they keep that pick, I think that's a signal to the rest of the NBA that uh, Dame Lillard is gettable. If they trade that pick for a veteran player, I think that signals to everybody that, all right, Portland's trying to build a winner around Dame right now. So that that will be a pivot point, not just for the draft, but really for the future of that franchise. Thanks, Greek. See you next week. Happy to be here.